Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. It is July 25th. OMG! I can't believe the year is going so fast. Many of us just were waiting and praying that we would live this year, and here we are, and it's just <laughs> galloping and galloping. This is Read My Lips Radio. I have two wonderful guests today. We had a cancellation from a young lady halfway around the world, some kind of a family emergency, and we wish her well, took, took care of that privately. This is a show where we talk about about creativity. It's not all dancers and singers and artists and sculptors and play directors and you know all that stuff. It's real people because we all have something we create. We didn't get a handbook, right, Cherry and Todd? We didn't get a handbook when we came on the right. earth and said, you're going to do this, you're going you're to talk this way, you're going to look this way, you're going to like these colors, you're going to do this for a living. No, we're just creating life as we go along and that's what Read My Lips is all about. Cool conversations. I should have called it with hot creatives and that's what we've got tonight. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit. Well, first of all, Sherry and Todd, you got to do what we do every week. This is how we introduce the show. On the count of three, you're going to join me and say hello, L, 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 with all the passion in your heart. So one, two, three. Hello, Hello, L, L, L. Josh, my engineer is listening. Josh knows that was, I think, the best ever. I say that every week, but Josh, they really, <laughs> this really, this was really the best. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. She's in Whitestone, New York. Todd, I've been taking up a fictitious GoFundMe for about 18 years <laughs> to move her to London. But right now, with everything buckling with the heat in London, Laura, I'm not sending you to London. We'll find another place with an L. Maybe Larchmont. That'll be cheaper from Whitestone. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up. Todd knows New York. We'll come up with something that won't take too much money. Anyway, LLL emails me every Monday night at 8.01 p.m. Eastern, because I'm here in Eastern time zone, and she will tell me what she gleaned, the brilliance, the passion from nice. Sherry, who I haven't in- introduced yet, Sherry, and Todd. She'll give me a little book report on what she got from both of you and how much she oh. enjoyed hearing you every single Monday night. Great. And before her, my mom, Ruth, who was still listening in her 90s, close to her 100th birthday. She lasted 100 years, one month, and 15 days. Mm-hmm. And Ruth would listen online, and she would call me at 8.01 every Monday night to tell wow. me how much she... And before her, cousin Freddie, who did it into his 90s, who was in California, <laughs> but came from Queens, New York, used to call me, and he emailed me. I have a very, uh, very technically astute family. So LLL took up the charge from all these relatives who were no longer with us and she's she's a young one she's a little younger than i am so there we go so let's see where we are it is monday july 25th and by the way uh we're very happy that our engineer josh is back he wasn't feeling so good last week and aaron sat in for him and we're very very glad to have you back josh so glad you're feeling better and whatever upset you is no longer a problem july 25th let's see this is the 206th day of the year in the gregorian calendar and i always say thank you to greg gregory gregor whatever his mom called him he made a pretty terrific calendar we're still using it all those hundreds of years later there are 159 days left in the year now the reason i say that is because if you're planning a real 
bang up New Year's Eve celebration. It's time to either start brewing. Well, if you got a still in the backyard, it's time to get the whiskey going. If you've got a sink in the garage with a plug in it and a liner, you might start Kahlua. If you're doing something in the bathtub, you know, anything that's homemade. Wow. But, but if you want to get some really good wine, beer, champagne from an online store, I would start ordering it now because come December, everything's going to be gone. Gary V is going to have anything left in his father's yeah. New Jersey famous liquor store. So that's going to be gone. <laughs> Uh, it is a sign of the Zodiac. We are in Leo now. Leo started on July 23rd, goes to August 22nd. Leos are the natural leaders of the Zodiac. My son is a Leo, and I just sent him a VR headset for his birthday because of all the things he doesn't have, which is nothing, he didn't have that. <laughs> the Leos are magnificent and striking as the lion. They're radiantly joyful, liberal with their appeal. They are fiercely proud and confident. They love and live life to the fullest rather than rather than being in charge at home, work, and play. They like to travel and do lots of stuff. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So here are my two special guests who's, who's left in the lineup, and I'm very happy to have you wave your hand and say hello. When hello. I say your name is Sherry Beck Paparaki. Do I have your last name correct? Correct. Oh, very thank good. goodness. Her latest book is Freelance Fancy. Your Guide to Capturing Spiritual Health, We All Want That, Wealth, Why Not, and Happiness from Gig Work. And Sherry's going to tell us what the current definition of gig work is. I'm not sure if I'm a gig worker or just a part-time full-timer or what the heck I'm doing anymore. <laughs> and then we have Todd Rampey, R-A-M-P-E, those of you who want to find him. He founded a financial education firm called the Wealth Builders Institute in Las Vegas, ah, roll those dice, to teach people about what he discovered about the benefits and the uh, interesting profitability in trading stock options. This is way above my pay grade. Uh, Todd, maybe I'll learn something from you tonight. So I'm calling today's show Creativity in Numbers. Because we've nice. got some numbers and Sherry gig and how many gigs are going to have and what are you going to make? So that's, I thought that was very, very clever on my part. So I'm going to cough for a second here. <clears throat> I'm all excited to have both of you on. We usually have three, as I said, but you're just going to have to talk a lot more. That's just the way it goes. So let's go do some introductions here. Sherry, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you please do us the honor? Take about three, because there's only two of you. I'll give you a three and a half minutes. Josh, oh, isn't, thank you. Josh isn't clocking you, though. Josh, turn off the, the sands of time in the hourglass <laughs> there. We want to know who you are. How did you get to the point where you are writing these books? What does gig economy mean to you? Please, Sherry, welcome. Introduce yourself. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and happy to talk about creativity. This doesn't happen every day of my life. So I've been a freelance writer, journalist for almost four decades. Um, I am a book author and a career coach. And as I was introduced, my latest book is called Freelance Fancy, Your Guide to Capturing Spiritual Health, Wealth and Happiness Through Gig Work. So what, what I'll address real quick first is gig work. What is it? And it's more than Lyft and Uber, okay? We started using that term affiliated with sort of trade gigs. In reality, I'm talking big gigs associated with creative work. So it can be a creative content person who's making Instagram uh, appearances and TikTok appearances. It can be someone who continuously just writes and provides multiple publications with a lot of content with their writing. That's what I've done for a lot of my life. It can be people who do video and audio and creative design. So 
how do you how do you do a gig career right you pile those gigs together and then you can have a big gig lifestyle and and when you plunge into it you really think oh this is all very manageable that's crazy because it's not and you, you don't want to tell anybody no right because you're afraid that that gig won't stick around or the next one won't come and so for the first 20 years you're in over your head all the time with the gigs and the contracts so with gig work, you're not an employee. You sign a contract to do work for you outline what that work is, or you might sign a contract where your client has outlined the work, and then you do the work required. I have learned to really set boundaries around each gig, and that's sort of a lifesaver because you will always be asked to do more work. So how does creativity play into all this? I'm I'm really deep right now in the weeds of the business of gigging, but creativity, right? We we say in the world of freelancing that none of us became writers, so we can just grind out copy for companies like Costco and Verizon, which some of my colleagues have done for many years. So we became writers because we have these creative minds and we want to be able to wrap those creative minds around a career. And so many of us get slotted into careers that aren't going to pull and draw enough of that creativity. In my case, I was a full-time journalist for a few years and then I went freelance, but still you're dealing with multiple deadlines every week. And what I found was when I had time to stand back, that may even be just driving for 30 minutes, okay? But to, so that I wasn't doing nothing more than just allowing the free floating of my mind so that ideas, maybe unrelated ideas, come together and bind and something becomes the result of that. And it's whenever you allow that free floating thing to happen within you, that's when you know your soul has something to it. So I'll relate, relate it back to freelance journalism, right? I used to do a lot of in-person interviews for regional media. And whenever I was finished with an interview, sometimes I'd jump in the car, start driving my pathway to my house where my desk was. And that story would start writing itself in my mind frequently because I was totally focused. Yep, right? Well, now as the years go on, there are some topics that will jump up. I may not even have an assignment for it. And it starts writing itself. You know, you try to ignore these stories, right? It's writing itself in my mind. I haven't set at the keyboard. I haven't taken a pen. It's just happening. And as you know, creativity floats outside of whatever trade you're in. And the next thing you're doing, you're you're uh, you can't follow a recipe if you're like me because you've got to be <laughs> why bother? Just, it, takes, it takes on a life of its own. That's all you're, you're going to create. <laughs> Sherry, thank you. And that's interesting. What you're describing describes the probably nine or ten careers I've already had in my life. Yes. But once it once I left a job, by a job I mean a place where I had to be right. way before remote work, where I had to be from. Oh, nine to five or some permutation, which turned out usually to be eight to, to 10, something like that, yeah. eight, eight in the morning to 10 at night, you know, and it, it, where there was a steady paycheck and benefits. That was a job. That was a business, a job for a business. 
But once I went out on my own in-between jobs, I found at one point, and tell me if this is gig, and Todd, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself in about 30 seconds here, so get ready. I was selling on eBay just to fill in in between because I had a radio guest who was the queen of eBay selling. And I took notes during the whole time I was on with her. She sent me her book and I went to my mom who was an antique dealer. And I said, mom, you got any CRAP you want to get rid of? I want to start selling. And my mom had this beautiful picture, not a picture, a picture that you pour drinks at that somebody gave her as a gift at our summer house one summer it had a cat on it and it was some kind of a uh, Swedish I forget the name of it it was a brand that was very desirable very very desirable and I put down on eBay our cat pitcher it had a little freelance drawing of a cat with green and blue I said our pitcher is the cat's meow on eBay right now well I had people all over the world bidding on this silly thing and I think I sold it for like 75 Great. or 80 bucks. And that was my first foray. But I think I was gigging, but I didn't know it. Because, and then absolutely. I was a graphic designer yes, and I was doing newsletters for people. To me, it was yes. just, I'm out of work. I'm freelancing. It never dawned on me because we didn't know the term gig. But we'll get back to that. Thank Sherry, thank you so much. I want to get sure. to Todd. Todd Rampey, you're so patient. What can I say? Todd, ready for you. I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you please do kindly introduce yourself? Tell us what you do and a little bit about your take on creativity. Todd, welcome. Okay, welcome. Thank you very much for having me and welcome, Sherry. And uh, I'm glad to be sitting here with you. And I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm very confident that uh, we will be able to fill in this this uh, little gap with our, our missing uh, um, guest no uh, problem. We're already on a roll here. Go ahead. <laughs> so I, I teach people how to trade stock options. And I do it through an, um, a members area and on a website. Um, but where I, I started doing this after a, a business where I was importing and exporting cars. And um, I was about 34 years old, uh, sold the business and didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I had this idea that I wanted to learn how to trade. So um, I went, you know, I paid the money, went to these seminars. I, I, I like to talk about the first one because it was a weekend seminar, eight hours each day. And I left that seminar. I did not understand a word the guy said the whole weekend. I mean, everything was over my head. And it was not cheap, you know, several thousand dollars. And I had to fly. I grew up in the Boston area and had to fly to Dallas for this. And um, I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. But I got really lucky because on the on the van ride, the shuttle van back to the airport, I sat next to a guy and I looked down and he had the same material. And I asked him if he, you know, I said, did you know, you went to obviously went to this. I said, did you did you uh, get it? And he said, yes. And I said, I didn't. And uh, long story short, he was telling me how his brother is the family trader. And he said, you know, he trades the family money or something. I didn't know what that meant. Is that, you know, a little account? Is this a you know wealthy family? And I said, well, do you think he'd trade my money? And it's funny thinking back on that. Now I know how Bernie Madoff got away with getting everybody to give him money. Because when you hear that someone knows how to do this, you, you, it, it's almost like it's acceptable to say, will you do it for me? Without really yeah. checking their mm -hmm. credentials mm -hmm. and all that. And he said, no. 
So anyway, I said, well, give me his number, let him make that decision. And I called him, I waited a year because at the time, my my uh, first wife, I was hesitating saying that. I didn't know if I wanted to That's say that. That's okay. You did. <laughs> just, just just our little secret, just read and share. Okay, right, right. We won't tell anybody. Right. Well, <laughs> she she's a flight attendant. And so I could fly all around the world for free, you know, first class too, which was great. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I decided I wanted to take a year off. Anyway, I, I got in touch with him. I'll, I'll shorten this story up. I went out and I used to fly out and see him every two weeks and he would teach me how to do this. Now, I'm, I'm not a, I have no financial background. I have no Ivy League education. I had a little bit of money, uh, not, not incredibly deep pockets, but certainly enough to, you know, to start. And, um, and, I, and I learned through him that you really don't need those three things you know, to do this. You really, you don't need that experience because we, we take an approach where we teach people how to do this by following the smart money, the professional traders. And uh, I don't, I don't want to get into a little pitch here. Uh, but, but you're but probably going to do a little tiny one and I'll let you get away with it. One well, I, I feel like I'm doing it. And I don't want to do that, but okay. I started doing that. This was 1998. So I've been doing this for 24 years and it got into uh we went from Boston to Washington, couldn't stand the rain. My wife is from Mexico. We're sitting at dinner one night. My wife is beautiful, smiling all the time and at dinner, you know, frown. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I don't like it here. I said, me either. I said, I have an idea. Let's move somewhere where we'd like to vacation. So when I'm not working, we're at that place. So she said, well, when I was a little kid, we went to this little beach town in Mexico called San Carlos. I said, let's go. So we flew down there three days later and um, driving around. I can make a decision in one second. My wife, she needs three days. So we went driving around. I looked around. I said, this is perfect. Let's move. So went home, back to Washington, sold our house, gave away a bunch of stuff, bought a truck, uh, a trailer, put all our stuff in the trailer, drove from Washington State to San Carlos, where we lived for four years until our son was born in 2009. He was he was, uh, we, we'd been there three years. And um, um, so, you know, I was living the life of a retired guy, but that wasn't the intention because I was trading down there. And, um, you know, the, my the, it's a little small beach town and they would say, you know, what does this guy do? You know, we never see him doing anything. What, why, why? And he's younger, you know, compared to the rest. So I, you know, explained, uh, you know, what I was doing. Some people started, you know, teach me how to do it. I didn't want to do it. Long story short, I, I finally did. And that's how the business started. But it's, I'm, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at my notes up here and, and filling out this form. It's talk about creativity. Yes. I'm, like, I'm not a creative person. But then I realized my antenna is always up. I'm always looking at something like, oh, I can turn that into a business. And I realized I, my- I my, want to interject for a second. I'm going, to, sure. I'm going to stop you just for a second. You are the only person, and just for the viewers and listeners, I use something called a jot form. When my guests like Sherry and Todd are coming on the show in advance and everybody who's on sends me a form rather than just writing in an email. And the form has a place for them to put their bio and to upload their picture. And 
send me a quote. We're going to use their fictional character or song quotes in a few minutes and four statements on creativity. Todd Rampey is the only one who ever wrote the following. Todd, I have to read this. <laughs> said, statement number three, I'm using it way ahead of when I usually do in the show. You said, creative people look at things differently. And the funny thing is, I never thought I was creative until Red asked me to write about this here. That's it's in my notes. It's bolded. It's highlighted. It's in yellow. I have never had a guest say that. I have told so many people <laughs> said that. And I'm, I was flattered that you took it seriously and you thought about it. Cause that's the point of my show is that you and Sherry are not singers and dancers and artists. You're right. real people who found something you're passionate about and you created that life around what you do. But Todd, I can't tell you how you affected me by writing that in your statement. So I oh. just want to say thank you. I'm I'm acknowledging you and I'm appreciating you. As as it gets dark and the storm clouds come over my house here. Okay. So Todd, <laughs> f- continue telling us. I and I remember I met you and Sherry at the recent publicity summit, the the Zoom version of the remote national publicity summit that Steve Harrison and his wonderful people run. And I believe you told me that story about you said to your wife, let's go to a place we really want to be. Let's move to where we would like to vacation. I thought that was one of the coolest creative things anybody's ever said. Really? Todd, Todd, please continue. I'll give you a couple more minutes. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I had had to tell you. Go ahead. I'll go anywhere. You know, like I said, my, my first wife is a flight attendant and I would come home and I'd say, I was reading about snowmobiling in Yellowstone. I saw this picture and I said, let's go. And she said, well, when do you want to go? I said, tomorrow. So she said, okay, I'll cancel my flight. Let's go. The next day we're riding snowmobiles through West Yellowstone, Montana. Um, I, I like spontaneity, you know, and I guess that is a form of creativity. Oh, I'm yeah. not, a, I'm, 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 I'm not afraid of anything. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know, what you typically think, uh, I'm I'm not afraid to go explore, to go go somewhere. We went to Thailand one time and our plan was to spend a couple of weeks and we ended up staying a month because we loved it. And I'm like, who cares about the clock? Who cares about the calendar? You're having a good time. You only, you know, you're you're only you get one go around, they say, right? And I don't want to be the person yeah. that's later in years thinking, oh, I wish I did this, I wish I did that. And you, you know, I encourage people. I've got some friends in the in the in the Boston area that I, that I describe them as twenty mile radius people. They grew up there. They they don't go outside of that area. And if they talk about Cape Cod, it's like going to the other side of the world. Yep. And I'm like, get on an airplane, go see something. You know, yep. I rode an elephant in Thailand. I've you know done a bunch of things. That I guess that is form of creativity. Yes, um, it is. is. Well, you're creating a, a life. I've lived all over the country for various reasons. And while I don't travel anymore, I don't like planes and I'm very averse to what's going on. Mosquito, go away. There's been a very vicious mosquito in my office. I thought <laughs> I killed his brother before the show. He's back. Anyway, I meet people through my radio shows and I'm a business broadcaster and Todd and Cherry. I have over 50 series I've started in 11 years. Talk about an adventure in creativity. But I, I work for some of the biggest companies and consultancies in the world and I get to meet people like the two of you, not through the summit, but through through connections, through business, consultants, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, business leaders, authors, journalists, you name it, industry analysts. And I learn about the world through them. 
without having to leave. People say, oh, I've got Mm -hmm. Zoom fatigue. I say, the heck with that. I love it because I did radio like this, Sherry and Todd, for about 20 years on the phone. I never got to see the people I was to whom I was speaking. And I had to say, oh, I think Todd just had a semicolon in that sentence. He probably has one more little bit he's going to. Oh, I think Sherry just paused. That was probably a comma, not a period. And I had to wait when I would. I got good at reading the the in-betweens in people speaking. So I wouldn't jump on, on anybody's toes. But my point is that now it's such a treat to see people. I get to watch you be passionate, Todd. And Sherry, I get to watch how you think and how you're talking about freelancing and gigging. And so I'm seeing the world through the courtesy of Zoom, through my guests. And this, to me, I've recreated my life so I don't have to be the one on the plane, but I'm learning all about what people are doing and the brilliance that they bring to me through the jot form. I knew I'd get back to that. Todd, take another minute, finish up about about your what you're doing, and then uh, we're going to go to the opening quotes from both of you because I can't wait. So, Todd, go ahead. Okay. So anyway, after I got serious about this and started teaching some family and friends, um, you know, starting the business was an accident. When we lived in Mexico, our son was born. I'm I'm almost 58 years old with a 12 year old, and um, uh, I didn't want to raise him in Mexico, so I said let's move back to the real world. So of course we chose Las Vegas, but I'm bummed. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> we me. got it. We got it. And and. Um, I love it here. We've been here since 2010. Um, it's hotter than you can believe. The other day, my in my truck, it said 114 degrees. You know, people say, "Oh, it's a dry heat." Well, put your head in the oven. That's dry, also. You know, <laughs> and London's complaining about 104 and a half, and you've yeah, got 114. Right. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll show them. Go ahead, Todd. So anyway, uh, came back here and just turned it into a business by accident. I was I was you know, showing people how to do this. And I would literally go to their, their houses, their apartments and load up the software and, and uh, you know, teach them how to do this. And then it just turned into a business. And now we, you know, I, I hate to say this part, but it gives you an idea of how fast, you know, uh, how, how much it's grown to, but we, we do, you know, eight figures a year in education that I, you know, if you asked me that five years ago, I'd say, you know, I'd be happy making a little bit, you know, it's like, I started uh, one thing I want to say is in Mexico, I started a, I wanted a buggy. I wanted some sort of doom buggy or a quad or something like that. And so um, I started a business business called Todd's Quads. So I rented them so that whenever I wanted them or people came to visit, I always had a whole bunch that we could go out and have fun because I get bored with things quickly. It's like, all right, I did that. You know, off you go. Try something. Type A, type A, type A. It it happens. It does. I I get it. Todd, thank you. Fascinating story. <clears throat> I'm having a lot of fun speaking with both of you. You're both so lively and creative. There it is. Let's go to the <laughs> quotes. We have so much more to talk about. Let's go to the opening quotes. Uh, if somebody is new, watching, listening, seeing us on, on Facebook here or listening on Voice America, and shout out to Josh, my engineer again. I'm so glad he's back. Um, if somebody's new, I do ask my guests for a fictional quote from a character in a movie or a TV show. It can't be from a fictional character just in a book. Book only doesn't cut it. it. has to be something that people could have seen and remembered, like Seinfeld or The Matrix or a song lyric. And Sherry Beck Paprocki has picked a quote from, of all people, the rapper Eminem. Sherry, I couldn't <laughs> believe you 
I'm not going to editorialize (laughs) at all here. No more comments, my dear. But this is a song by American rapper Eminem, E-M-I-N-E-M, the lead single on the soundtrack to the 2002 motion picture, Eight Mile. It was a a soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And here here is the quote she has picked. You better lose yourself in the music the moment you own it. You better never let it go. You get only one shot. Todd just said that. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Todd, I think you wrote that song for Eminem. Sherry, how'd you pick this one? <laughs> you better go I get have, the rights, well, kid. <clears throat> I didn't overthink that question. That was the first thing that came to mind, having to do with creativity. Because whenever I heard that song soon after it was out, uh, it, I, I actually had it in my car and I would play that um, track over and over. But uh, it was in part, it spoke to me. You know, it was you're in the moment. And if you let it go and whether it's music or whatever you're doing, if you let it go, this could be the shot you have. Right. So um, and being in business for myself as a, you know, a a juggler and someone doing all these gigs, um, it kind of was, it it very much was motivating and empowering, especially whenever you know Eminem's history and how it really was Mm -hmm. for him that I think many people don't even realize that they have one shot and they haven't even used it. You know, they get to my age, they haven't even used that shot. But I think it's really important that when you think or you know you're on the right track, that you don't step away from it and you don't let things frighten you away from it. You just say, "Okay, I guess I'm supposed to take this plunge because it's in front of me. Very well put. Thank you, Sherry. I have a question for you. I'm looking. You have the name of your, your current book in your signature here on Zoom, and it says Freelance Fancy. Why didn't you call it? gig greatness or gigging goodness or something. <laughs> Todd, this is bothering me why she didn't, you call it freelance, but it's about gigging. So why didn't you use the word right. gig in the title? Am I allowed to ask that, Sherry? Of course I am. I'm the host. You have to answer well, that. yeah, you know, it's in the subtitle. I didn't use it in the title because the way the book started really was I had a grandchild and I started thinking when he was about two, And I had come to a point that I was taking a deep breath with my career that at some point he would ask questions because he'd hear that I had done these varied sort of crazy things in life. And and then I had another grandson who came along and another my 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 daughter had a, a child. And I started imagining these two guys trying to figure out this persona of, you mean, she had this life beyond doing arts and crafts with us. (laughs) And so I wanted them to sort of understand things. I wanted to be the storyteller on this. I didn't leave that to my children. (laughs) So as I started writing the pieces of this book, it came together for me in that, you know, it has been a long time. I've been on this journey. I'd finished a role of being president of the American Society of Journalists and Authors, Uh, I talked to a lot of writers every day. I knew the tricks and the tips that we could offer. And so from a writer's standpoint, I was writing this from a freelance writer's standpoint. Got it. The word fancy came up simply because one of the gigs I've done has been, and this is in the book, writing about fancy houses. 
$30 million homes, for example. Yes. And so that's sort of my little inside joke that, you know, it's, um, I get teased sometimes because people think I'm very fancy because of what I've written about. I appreciate living that. the life. My house is going on the market on Thursday okay. and it, it doesn't fit in the fancy house category, but, but it'll sell. Right? I have to tell you, I had, I had some red feature walls and I, this office had stuff all over the place. This is my cave, my, my she cave. And my realtor said to me, you want to get anything for this house? You paint, you power wash, you declutter. It's like defanging right. my life. You put all the family pictures and all the tchotchkes away. You get rid of the red walls. Everything's white now. You take the lavender laundry room and make it white. You take the yellow bathroom and you make it off white. You take that other bathroom and you make it green, hardly to be seen. A mint color that's so pale, it's almost white with a little spit of green in it. And you do this and you do that and you you take the red rug out from underneath the coffee table and you let them see your gleaming floors and you hire a cleaner and you hire a power washer and I'm bringing in painters and you prune your garden and you power wash the front of the house and you get rid of the paint. The last owner made the terrible mistake of putting on the front walk and every time it rains, it turns gray and spotted. Oh, we power washed off the damn paint and I lived with that for five years. Why didn't I have it power washed five years ago? <laughs> Look at every rain. It's like, crap, what's that going on in front of my house? Anyway, did all that and it's finally going on the market on Thursday, but it's not going to be, a, it's not going to be a fancy house. And don't ask me where I'm going because I'm looking in three States. I have no idea. I'm going to create a new life for myself, Todd. Todd thank you. Are you going to get on an airplane when you move? No, I'm driving. I'm, I'm either going to Tennessee. I'm going to either Tennessee, South okay. Carolina or Western North Carolina. And I'm in Durham. So it's all, I got to bring okay. my sports car. I got, I got to drive. Go. Mama's got to drive. So <laughs> anyway, with all my plants and my 200 paintings. So you know, oh, the paintings are all oh, down. Yeah. I was not allowed to have, oh, I had paintings. I had 75 right. paintings up in my, they had to all come down. Oh, no. oh, oh yeah. Oh, I've got boxes. That's kind of heartbreaking, isn't it? When you've it worked is. for years to put that together. But my kids said to me, mom, when you sell, it's you're really making a statement saying it's not my house anymore. Somebody else has to envision themselves in this structure and think of it as their home. So it's not yours anymore. So get over it and get right. rid of the red walls. Right. I had quite a conversation with my grown children and my realtor. He wasn't very happy with me. So we, we settled it. Todd, let's go to your quote. We have two song quotes this time. That's unusual. Usually we get a movie or a TV quote in there. So this is a song called Subdivisions by the Canadian, oh, of course, the Canadian progressive rock group Rush, 1982. Do you know how many years ago 1982 was, Todd? That's 30 30 years ago, you, you were just barely born. Well, all of us were, yeah, I could say that. Here's yeah. the quote. Some will sell their dreams for small desires or lose the race to rats, get caught in ticking traps and start to dream of somewhere to relax their restless flight. Damn, that's beautiful. Todd, how'd you find this? And what does it have to do with creativity? Go ahead. You know, the I highlighted, I don't know if that that was sent to you, but that quote, it's really just the first line. Some will sell their dreams for small desires. And every time I heard that on the radio, I thought, you know, people will, you know, I talk to people every day. They land, I like to describe it as this. They land on my doorstep. They tried trading. They weren't successful or they want to learn how to do it. And so I start asking questions, you know, 
uh, or if I'm in an elevator, this is like the old elevator pitch. Somebody, what do you do? I teach people how to trade stock options. I always get the same response. Oh, I've always wanted to learn how to do that. And I say, well, why haven't you? And they kind of look at me and go, well, I don't know. I said, what, what, what's keeping you from doing it? Do it. And, and well, you know, it takes this and this. And I'm like, all right, let's, you know, and I start kind of peeling back the layers. I'm surprised. And I think about what people will spend their money on today. No, I don't, I can't do that yet. Cause I have to buy a boat or I want to do this. Or I want to go on vacation. Or I want to buy mm-hmm. that fancy sports car that I'm going to drive to Tennessee or the mm-hmm. other part of North Carolina, wherever. Already you know, bought it. <laughs> <laughs> and moving to go ahead. <laughs> but it's it's the truth. It's like you you have an opportunity to take advantage of something. It's like, you know, what Sherry's saying about the Eminem song. You got one shot. Why are you blowing it on material things? Or now the material thing, if you can turn it into money. Speaking of sports cars, I bought one two years ago that I, I'm a car freak. I've got a bunch of them and I and I bought one two years ago and I sold it two months ago for thirty thousand dollars more than I paid for it. Very nice. So, Great. Good you know, for if, you. If you, optioned, invest, you. You optioned you know, your car. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's, I just, that line has always resonated with me. It's like, keep your blinders on. Don't listen to other people, well, you know, definitely not. live your own life. And it's, it's <clears> like, um, I can't remember this and I should have written it down, but it's like some people have parties to impress people that they don't even care about. You know, like, so you go through all this, all these motions for it's, it's, what is it? Posturing. It's, it's, it's like, it's a form of showing off. It's a you facade. That, it's, it's a, it's a it person is. you think you want people to believe, by the way, when you said people said to you, Todd, I always wanted to learn X, Y, Z, stock options, whatever it is. And, and you say, well, why don't you? And they say, well, you know, well, you know, is code for the answer to what Yoda said, do or do not. There is That's no right. try. That's, That's right. it. When people start to say, well, you know, or I right. mean, or so, you know, they don't have the nerve or the, 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 the oomph or the chutzpah yep. to put the foot in the pool or to jump off that step. Yeah. It might not be a bridge, but that right. step, they're just not there. They either don't have confidence in themselves or yep. they, they don't want, they don't like change, even though they're dreaming of that greener pasture on the other side of that little change hurdle there but they're just, they're not ready to give themselves permission to grab that ring. It might be yep. brass. It might be plastic. It might break. Right, Todd? Right, Sherry? Right. They're not ready yep. to give themselves permission. And isn't that really what this is all about? Creating is, Todd, you gave yourself permission to move someplace. Great. You gave yourself permission to, to right. start that career. Sherry, you gave yourself permission to say, I'm not going to go the usual paid benefits, nine to five, whatever time it was that I was putting in in my paid jobs. You're, you're not going to go there. You're going and, and when I walked away from a very good job right after 9-11, because the people I was working with were just getting real weird and their humanity was not showing the way it needed to after this huge national mm-hmm. global tragedy, I walked away without a job. And I said, well, I'm going to go home and write a book. I never wrote the book. I did gigs. Sherry, I supported <laughs> yes, myself. I did it out. Absolutely. And then companies started finding me online before open door and, and saying, come work for us. I have no idea how it was. Somebody was always telling somebody. But anyway, the point was you have to, Todd, I think we're getting to, you have to give yourself permission to be a creative person and to say, I'll see if this shoe fits. 
I'll yep. see if this color looks good. Am I right, Todd? Todd, Absolutely. talk for another minute, and then I want to go through some some dates in music. And can I and, say, please? I'm sorry to interrupt. Can I say no. one thing? Yeah. And this kind of ties in with with Sherry. Your, you know, you've got one shot. There's a saying. You know, my business is really based on internet marketing. You know, we advertise all over the internet, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, the days of newspaper are over. You know, that's all all done. But there's a saying here that done is better than perfect. And I think a lot of people want to see what they're about to launch be perfect before they do it. And it's nonsense. Just get it out there. It's like my, when I first, because mm -hmm. I shoot all my own videos, do all my training videos. And when I first decided I was going to do that, my wife was my camera person. So we put the camera on the, on the uh, breakfast bar in our kitchen and I looked at the camera and, and I talked and blah, 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 unplugged it, put it on the, <clears throat> on the uh, plugged it into the TV on the wall and we're watching it and, and we're standing next to each other. And we watched for maybe 20 seconds and she looked at me and went, you stink. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I said, I see that. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. So we go back you know, and, and I realized, and it took me a long time, not, not that long, but it took me many, 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 many takes to realize that you have to be animated on camera to come across as being a little bit enthusiastic. You yes. know, I was talking like a robot. So anyway, back to the, you know, get it. it, it you don't have to have things perfect to get them out there. Right. Just, no. just when I say perfection so is true. good, great is the enemy of good. Isn't there a, there's a phrase there yes. in there somewhere yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The people who are, are married or stuck with, I have to be perfect. Get over it. Nobody is. <laughs> we all make damn mistakes. No, I make mistakes. So no. And I go back and say, did I really do that? What was I not thinking that day or that minute? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Well, I'll fix it. If I have to apologize, I'm usually one first up with my hand is it's my fault. It's my fault, but I'll make it better. It's okay. <laughs> Let's do some days in history. It's July 25th. Today in 1933, if anybody cares, it was the first Dutch live radio concert for Duke Ellington. Wow. If, you're a, if you're a big nice. band fan. Uh, here's another one. Jazz saxophonist Charlie Bird Parker married his sweetheart, Rebecca Ruffin, in 1936. I don't think we care about that, but I have one you're going to like. 1964, on this day in history, July 25th, the Beatles album, A Hard Day's Night, went to number one and stayed there for 14 weeks. Wow. The year I was born. Appropriate. 1964. Yes. And the the next year, Bob Dylan was booed at the Newport Folk Festival. Either one of you know why? Why? You don't know? He played an electric guitar. Oh, come and on. And people didn't, were not ready for Bob Dylan to not do acoustic. Seriously, went down in that history. That was a mistake for him, was, right? Well, it was an entry into brand new. And 1966, the next year, one year later, Brian Jones' final performance as a Rolling Stone. This was a lot going on. That same day, Last Train to Clarksville was recorded by the Monkees as their debut single. I think that was a manufactured band. I don't think the Monkees yes. could really, they couldn't really right. play. They were just given instruments. Um, three years later... 70,000 people attended the Seattle Pop Festival for three days, and the headliners were Bo Diddley, the Flying Burrito Brothers. I don't know who they are. Guess who? No, that's the name of the band. Santana, <laughs> Tim Buckley, The Birds, with a Y. Ike and Tina Turner Review. 
Chicago uh, Transit Authority, Chuck Berry, Led Zeppelin, and The Doors. 70,000 wow. people were there in 1969. Wow. I love these. And six, the same day, Sun King, Mean Mr. Mustard, Come Together, Polyethylene Pam, and She Came In Through the Bathroom Window were recorded by The Beatles for the Abbey Road album. While everybody was in Seattle rocking out to all of those great stars, the Beatles were recording. I don't know Mean Mr. Mustard. I don't remember Polythene Pam, but I know Sun King and I know, I think I remember Come Together, of course. Come Together right now. Yes. Um, in 1970, the next year, this was a, a couple of years of major music history. They longed to be close to you by the Carpenters <laughs> at number one. On July 25th, 1970, three years later, the Doobie Brothers released China Grove. I tried to drum that song when I was taking drum lessons. That's a mean, fast drumming in there. <laughs> and Metallica's debut album, Kill 'Em All, 1983, debuted. Uh, also, I don't know why I brought this up. You get a kick out of this. In On July 13th, which was 12 days ago in 1939, Frank Sinatra cut his first record, and it was a flop. He later became the voice of the century. So that was this month in 39. And in 1979, July 12th, two weeks ago in 79, anti-disco baseball fans held a Disco Sucks sign at the Disco Demolition Night in <laughs> Chicago at a baseball game. I have to tell you both that in my heyday, when I was about 97 pounds, I was in a Disco Hawaii contest and my professional partner and I, we made our own costumes. We danced to Donna Summer's MacArthur Park Suite, mm. and the cut was heaven knows, heaven knows, just da-da-da-da-da. We danced. We came in from opposite sides, hammered blue silk tops. I had a 360-degree, all the way open, 360, spin-out, black satin skirt with a bow at the waist, net stockings, black high heels. <laughs> I think I still had red hair in those days, or I did. Yes, I did. And we came in third in the Disco Hawaii contest. But I remember those days. It was just... Are you going to put that on before we, before we sign off? I don't have any. Oh, the song? No, I, I can't play. I can't play that kind of music. But we have some celebrity birthdays. I'll go through these quickly. We only have 10 minutes left. D.B. Woodside. Does that mean name mean anything to you, actor name, Todd or mm -hmm. Sherry? Nope. No. D.B. Woodside played the angel. If you saw the TV show Lucifer, he played the angel Amenadiel, who was the brother of Lucifer mm -hmm. and the son of G.O.D. And he mm -hmm. also played Wayne Palmer in 24, the president's brother, oh. who later became the president. Very briefly, that was D.B. Woodside. I had mm -hmm. such a crush on him. You don't want to know. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he played uh, bass singer Melvin Franklin in The Temptations, Robin Wood in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Anyway, happy birthday. He's 53 today, all grown up. Matt LeBlanc, you remember him from Friends. Joey Tribbiani, 55 today. Matt's growing mm -hmm. up. Wendy Raquel Robinson was known best known as the high school principal Regina Piggy Greer on the Steve Harvey show, which I used to watch every night years and years ago. Uh, Iman, you know the the famous model Iman. Iman, I can't write. I can't pronounce her last name. Abul, Abdul Majid, Somali fashion model, supermodel, actress, entrepreneur, a muse of Versace, Terry Mugler. Calvin Klein, Donna Coran, and Yves Saint Laurent. Yeah, she was married to Bowie from 92 until his death in 2016. That I didn't know. And Estelle Getty was born on this day. Remember Sophia on the Golden Girls. 
Um, let's see. And I have two people on YouTube and a TikTok person who are celebrating birthdays. Cryoz Gaming, K-R-Y-O-Z Gaming, one word is 29, YouTube star. And there's a TikTok star, age 20 today, named School Lunch Tray. Todd, can you even, <laughs> one word, no caps, just capital S, School Lunch Tray. That's how they name themselves. Yes. In this day in 1937, Roger Lapébie of France win the th- won the 31st Tour de France. John Sigmund started swimming the Mississippi River. You know how long it took him? 89 hours and 46 minutes in 1940. The 25th Olympics opened in Barcelona, Spain in 1992. The 91st Tour de France had no winner in 2004. Anybody remember why? Lance Armstrong was Is that Lam- dis- yeah, Lance Armstrong. disqualified. Oh, right. disqualified. And in 2012, the Summer Olympics began on this day. And let me see, I don't want to bore you to tears, but this is uh, this week is air conditioning appreciation days. Well, I'm sorry if you're in London and you didn't buy one before the, the, <laughs> the road started to buckle. It's too late. I hear from my friend Brad there eating a lot of ice cream and staying near the fan. Uh, it's National Moth Week. I don't think that has anything to do with it, pre, with uh, air conditioning. It's National Scrabble Week. I play words with friends. Anybody wants to join me, I only have 50 games right now with about eight people. It's National Triathlon Week. It's Restless Leg Syndrome Education and Awareness Week. Anybody have RL, Restless Leg Syndrome, RLS? You ever had it? I don't. I no. had it a long time ago where your legs just, start to, they have a life of their own. They just start to kind of shake and rock and roll. Are you sitting watching? People's like, oh, shut up down there. No, I've got restless rain. Be quiet. I didn't ask you. Anyway, let's do a couple of creativity statements. We've got six minutes. I'm going to read one from each of you. I'll just pick one and let's see. Sherry says, um, oh, a creative person will not know if a work is done they will only know when their mind is empty. Sherry, two minutes max. This is fascinating. What does this mean? Talk to me. I'm a real believer that when creativity starts happening and the sparks start flying in the writing world, and I've done just a bit of painting. I think that this is true even in the maybe the visual arts category, that you have to get it down. You have to let it come and let it flow and and put itself on the page or on the on the screen, whatever you're working on. You can't critique, you can't judge yourself while it's going. It helps if you have some technique, but you don't have to have any kind of technique in mind. And you let it roll and you let it flow and you know when you've hit a stopping point, right? Now there's always revision, there's always you go back and tweak this and tweak that, but you have to blot it out for the world to start with. And then massage it and work it if you're going to really make it into something that's maybe valuable. Very, very interesting. Thank you. And with my paintings, friends would say to me, when are you done? I I started painting about three years ago and I stopped at about 200 because I'm moving and I ran out of boxes (laughs) to put the paint. And I told you, my realtor said, get the paintings off the wall. But I started with the one behind me started from a painting of mine. This is a city. The artist at Voice America put the red lips on. And what you see is real jewelry. These were earrings that were missing a match. And I took them and poked the pierced earrings, poke them through the canvas and put the backing on to hold them. So that's real jewelry. And to me, this was a kind of a city, my imagination of buildings in a city. So this is one, take away the lips and the words. Thank you. That's one of my, but I got into paint pouring, acrylic paint pouring. Thank you, Josh, four minutes. We can do it. Todd, I'll get to you in a second. And in in paint pouring, you pour, pour different colors and combinations into, use an egg carton. 
the little wells in the egg carton. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. flip it over and you let it pour wherever it does on the canvas. Then you tilt your canvas okay. in various directions and the paint flows. I have had elephants appear on the page that I didn't put there in a forest. I've had Broadway dancers and singers on a stage. I've had them appear. I've had uh, all kinds of things come out of the paint that's moving around. And people say, when are you done? I say, I don't know, but when I'm done, I stop. Right, Sherry? When that, yes, absolutely. When, when you just, do I need a little glitter on it? Maybe not this one. Do I need to put a little more red? I don't think so. You just know. And you let it dry mm -hmm. and then you hang it somewhere or you put it away. Right. I know. And I used to wonder about that myself. Todd, I'm going to read the last part of statement number four, 90 seconds for you. And you say to me, one definition of creativity means to generate or produce something that others find attractive or useful. I haven't heard that one before. Todd, 90 seconds. Go for it. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember writing it? I don't. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll read a different one. Um, creative no, no, that's, a, that's, a, okay. that's okay. I, I, I have this habit of, of you know, with my, my, my team, we have morning, we call them huddles. We get on Zoom and we spend 15, 20 minutes. And, and I like to do things without a script. And I like to, you know, I'm, I'm the, uh, me too. I, yeah, I just, it's like, give me a microphone and I'll talk. What's the topic? Yeah. Okay. I'll talk about it. And are. I guess, you know what, I'm learning that I'm creative in that way. Um, but you know, what, what was the, what was the question? I'm sorry. Creativity is something people find attractive or useful. We're just about out of time. Give me one sentence and it doesn't matter. What do okay. you think? Maybe it's something that you find attractive or useful and it's not in the eyes of Boy. other people. Is that yeah. right. Todd, you've been wonderful. Don't worry about it. Todd, I'll give you the first choice. Where <laughs> can people <laughs> two minutes? I gotta close. Two where and don't go away, both of you. I want to talk after. Where do where do people find you? What's your website? As if I'm not looking at a trade with Todd.com. Is that where you want people to go? You can find me there or wealthbuildersinstitute.com. Take oh, it. This is easier. Trade T-R-A-D-E-W-I-T-H-T-O-D-D. Dot com. Sherry, where can people find yes. you? Sherry Beck Paparaki dot com as my name. Sherry Beck Paparaki. I'm going to spell it. I'm going to spell it S H E R R Y B E C K P A P R O C K I dot com. I love to spell. Thank you. I want to say thank you to Josh for getting, thank you to the two of you. I had no doubt we'd be able to fill the hour. I'm sorry our third guest couldn't join us. I hope her emergency is solving itself in a positive way, but let's do our closing here. Ready? Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's the only way. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Todd and Sherry, laugh with me. One, two, three. Ah! <laughs> Todd, you could do better than that. Ah! <laughs> That's better. He's always controlled. And never regret anything that made you smile. Final words. Work like you don't need the money. Right, Todd? Right, Sherry? Nobody right. really cares. Just make it happen and get that money, but work, work legally, but work. Dance like no one's watching and everybody used to watch when I was dancing. Sing like nobody's listening and I tried not to sing on the show because nobody would listen. And love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Give your heart a chance to regrow, re-energize re itself, find new ways to love yourself, somebody else, Beautiful. a flower, a color, anything. Money talks, right, Todd, right, Sherry. Chocolate sings, oh, does it ever. And last but not least, and I stole this line from somebody, thank you for turning me on. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Radio Red signing off. Bye, Facebook. Don't go. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.